Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com's podcast network. I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. We are, you know, it's it's the off season. So without a whole bunch of news to talk about, I thought it would serve us to look back for a show because there was a little bit of news this week in the middle of the week. Troy Polamalu announced that Dick LeBeau, his defensive coordinator and Hall of Fame defensive back himself, is going to present him in Canton at his Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony this summer. Dale, you got to cover you've you've covered the Steelers for quite some time. And so you got to see Dick LeBeau in his first incantation with the Steelers in the 90s, and then him come back, become defensive coordinator, and their partnership over the years. I gotta say, you know, during that time, I was like, I was in high school, I was watching the team, and all the stories I, I heard were like really cool. But it really seems like there was like a special connection between those guys and, and that crew of defensive players that built the strong unit over the over like that span of like eight years. Yeah, because uh, most of them were homegrown. Um, you know, so they all came up together, they all played together. Um, you know, and, and, and kind of had a good understanding of the system and, and what was expected of them. And, and you know, I, I think when you look at LeBeau's defenses, he always wanted to have um, special players in the secondary in terms of, you know, whether that be Carnell Lake that he could use as a, as a, uh, a chess piece, whether that be Troy Palomalo that he could use as a chess piece. And maybe that goes back to his days as, the, as a defensive back. Uh, but you know, you look at the, those players, um, that defense, uh, you know, from those, those early Super Bowl runs, uh, you know, from, from 2005, eight and, and, and 10, um, were largely homegrown groups. Um, you know, it, it didn't have to be stars all over the field. Um, you know, they had their share of the stars, uh, but everybody had a job and they all knew how to do their job and they all did it well. It's it certainly seemed that way. And, it's hard to not notice just the ties that are there, especially between LeBeau and Polamalu, because LeBeau came back in 2004. Polamalu was drafted in 2003, so that was his second year in the league. Between 2004 and, I think, 2012, the Steelers four different times were the number one scoring defense and five different times were the number one in overall, like, total yards allowed defense. And – the just the the ability that they had to stop the run to rush the quarterback and having the ability behind all of that to still make plays in the football with players like Troy Polamalu and then you had you know some of the safeties like Ryan Clark and Chris Hope were in there um, Ike Taylor playing really well Deshae Townsend being a part of that Brian McFadden you know contributing there they just the chemistry always seemed like it was active but one thing that was always just extremely impressive to me at least was how Dick LeBeau's defenses were all so coordinated and so just based on, hey, let's do this, let's make this up. But Troy Polamalu still was just given the right to do what he wanted and how different that was compared to how a lot of people think about how defense is supposed to be. Well, I mean, there was a trust factor there. And I think once Polamalu convinced the coaching staff that he knew what everybody on the field's job was. If you think back to the story I wrote uh, about Troy mm-hmm. coming out, out of the, uh, uh, when he was elected to the, the hall of fame uh, that night, uh, talking to both him and Bill Cower, you know, he talked about how, you know, he knew what, what, for example, Joey Porter's job was, or he mm-hmm. knew what, 
uh, the outside cornerback's job was. He knew what the, the, the inside linebacker's job was. So he had the, the freedom and the trust um, to say, hey, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to take your job this play. You do my job. You cover my area, and, and I'll take your blitz, and we'll see, what's gonna, we'll see if this surprises them. And oftentimes it did. And, and it, you know, that was something that, that developed uh, quickly with LeBeau. I mean, Palomalu talked about doing that, you know, his first year under LeBeau in 2004. They, they started working on that kind of stuff in training camp. Um, you know, him walking up to the line of scrimmage and, and you know, slapping the, the, you know, the linebacker on the on the side and say, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take your responsibilities here. You take mine. <laughs> and we're going to mix, mix it up a little bit. And, and it confuses you know, the defense, you could call the same defense six times in a row, but if Troy Polamalu does something different on all six defenses, it looks different every time. Mm-hmm. And that allowed the Steelers that they had that kind of uh, flexibility with it because, um, you know, because of Polamalu. Just, I just remember him being the biggest X factor. Like you said, he could line up like a linebacker. He could line up on the edge. He could line up deep safety, strong safety in the slot. He just, he did so many different things. And like, and again, I'm, you know, my dad was a football coach. And so one thing that I love to do with him was just, you know, evaluating film at all levels, like, you know, for his, for his kids in high school, but also we had fun breaking down things we saw in college teams and things we saw in the pros and like, just, I remember some of our conversations and my, he, my dad was only a high school coach. It's not like he was like Bill Belichick or anything, but we were just sitting there. We were just like, man, like what is his job? You know, because you were, you're trying to study it and it makes it so hard to pick apart. What, what can you expect him to do? How do you, how do you game plan to face that? And I just remember so many crazy moments over Polamalu's years where he would do something that's just like, how, how did that, that happen to you in the AFC championship game against the Broncos, when the, the, the Broncos, Jake Plummer, they had worked a, a screen pass to Clinton Portis and he has two linemen out in front of him. And somehow Troy Polamalu splits those linemen and tackles Portis short of the line to gain forcing a stop there on that drive. Um, you know, or you think about the pick six against the Ravens. It just seems like time and time again, he found that you talk about that trust that he built with Dick LeBeau to just say, you know what, I, I, I'm going to get the hell out of his way. I'm going to coordinate the rest of the defense and give him that, you know, that, that, that ability to choose and do what he does. Uh, it seems like that's not just rare, but it's like, that's, that, that's a huge part of their, their relationship is, was that trust. And I think something that I think Steelers fans kind of took for granted during that time period, because nowadays people are like, well, why is the defense just like this? It's like, people don't understand how how rare it was to get players and a coach like that playing on the same level yeah uh, and and again to build that trust um and, and as you know when as cower talked about um you know it didn't always work right uh, the, there were times where you you know there were times when it, it didn't work and and the defense would look oh that looked like a a breakdown somewhere and oftentimes it was well because troy was being troy but more often than not it did work and you know i, I can remember talking to quarterback after quarterback during that time and they would always say you know you no matter what you had to know where 43 was at on the field because you weren't sure what he was going to do and that's a uh, there's a good level of trust there uh with his teammates as well um you know they have to trust that you know he may be on the left side of the defense even though he has the back right half of the of the the deep zone uh but he may be on the on the the left side of the defense but they had the trust that when the ball was snapped he was going to get to where he was supposed to be at, even though he was showing something completely different. 
Right. And, and that's the thing is that he would show one thing, go another direction. And it was just so hard to, to find him. I, I remember I've had a hard time relocating this, but I remember after Super Bowl 45, they did one of those Super Bowl FX shows where they, they get, they, they take a lot of like on field audio and stuff. And I remember there was a clip of Aaron Rodgers saying, if you see 43, you better run the other direction. Cause I'm not throwing at you if he's by you. And having that kind of a player where you can say, where you, you could put him into space and teams are going to say, you know what, we're just going to work to the other part of a field that that just changes so much. And I think you see it now with Minka Fitzpatrick and not to say that Minka Fitzpatrick is doing what Polamalu did, but there's teams we got to throw away from that guy. We don't want him getting a chance to play in the ball and the level of, of difficulty it adds for offenses and the boost it brings to the defense to say, you know what, whatever the role this guy is playing, we can trust that and we can build our, we can be aggressive in all these other areas of defense because we know this guy is that special player who's going to lock this assignment down. And if they go at him, he might create a huge play that changes the entire game for us. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was, he was that kind of player and he was, you know, that's why he's going into the hall of fame. And, and again, that was, uh, you know, LeBeau's trust in him to allow him to do those things. Uh, not every coordinator, not every head coach would have done that. Um, you know, Hey, you got to play our defense the way we've designed right. it and, and made it to play, uh, you know, drew, drew the play up. Well, sometimes, you know, there are great players who are very non-scheme specific. Um, that was one of the first questions I was asked about Paul Amalu, uh at the Hall of Fame vote, um, mm-hmm. you know, by one of the other uh, voters. They asked me, well, how much of what he did was freelancing? Does it matter? Yeah, yeah. what does that matter? Did he make great plays? Did he, you know, yeah, there was there was some quote unquote freelancing in there. But it was all within the within the context of the defense. You may look at it and say, well, he you know, he wasn't supposed to do that on that play, but he was doing somebody's job Mm -hmm. or if it it was something that he saw on film that he recognized and blew the play up because he did so much film study that, uh, you know, you could trust him to make those kind of plays. I mean, you think back to the, the 2010 Ravens regular season game where he blitzed and sacked Joe Flacco and forced a fumble and they're like, you know, you know, when did you, how much, how often do you expect Troy Paul to blitz off the edge? Like, like the, in, in that situation. Um, and that's where, that's the thing is that I, I look back and then even other moments like James Harrison's interception return in the Super Bowl against the Cardinals. That wasn't his, he was supposed to blitz on that play. He backed off and he jumped, he jumped something that he thought he saw. And, and not that James Harrison did that nearly as much as Troy Polamalu, but that's something that, when you knew what you were seeing, when you were the, when you were that kind of guy, the way Harrison and Paul Malu were for their positions. And my, my opinion, they were the best of, you know, when, when they were, when they were at their best, I think they were the best in their positions in, in the NFL. Um, you know, that's, I, 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 you give that Liberty to those guys and that's part of what made those defenses so special. Um, and again, for, you know, for all the, for all the coordination, for all the, you know, this guy got to be here at this time and you need to be able to cut this lane off. It's remarkable that they pulled off as much as they did, but there's still, I think a good bit of just who the guy, these people are beyond just the football X's notes. I think Dale has had a lot of experience getting to know some of these guys. We're going to talk about that right after this.
back here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly. We're continuing to talk about just our conversation about Troy Polamalu, Dick LeBeau, and you know the, the the chemistry they had, not just on the field but off the field as people. And, and one thing that came across to me, like when Troy Polamalu dropped the the meme that was him hinting or that that he wanted Dick LeBeau to be his presenter. You know, it, one thing that always was you know, stuck out was how much respect he had for Dick LeBeau and. You know, the, and just like the, like the, you say, you know, him saying it's an honor to to play for play for that guy, Dale. I, I want you to get a sense because all I've ever done is heard and read the stories about Dick LeBeau and what he meant to the team. Can you just talk about the things that he kind of did that made him special? I guess to the to that to that roster and that organization. Well, you know, Dick uh, can relate to anybody. And he has a, a really a very sharp mind. Um, you know, even at 50 years in, into the league, he, he was still one of the sharpest guys you'd talk to. And, and there's just so much history there. You know, when you think about it, I mean, the guy played with night train lane, That's uh, by the way. <laughs> um, you know, he, he, he was a stunt man in movies. <laughs> um, you know, he, he did, he did a lot, uh, has done a lot in his life and uh, you know, the best, you could be walking back with him from the cafeteria and he always walked, you know, everybody, a lot of coaches would take the, the listen, that is a hill. When you've been, when you've been working out, you were running around all day. I just get up there from being, from being, from covering it. That man in his seventies walk, just walking up that hill. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. And, I just and so you just, up. you just walk and talk with him and, and, and just get some of the stories of, of playing, you know, playing football in the, in the sixties. Uh, it was a different era. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, hearing him tell stories about some of the guys that he played with and, and some of the players that he ran, you know, ran, ran up against, uh, over the years. And, and so I think the, the Steelers, the, the players appreciated that, you know, the, the reading of the night before Christmas, uh, every year mm. from memory, um, you know, <laughs> and they enjoyed that. They enjoyed the, the down home folks. He's, it's just hard not to like Dick LeBeau. Yeah. I mean, you really have to try because he's just a genuine person. And so, you know, when, when he went into the hall of fame, you saw the entire defense get their Dick LeBeau jerseys, mm-hmm. uh, Detroit lion jerseys and go to Canton to honor him for that. Uh, it should have happened long before yeah. that ever occurred. It wasn't, wasn't because of what he did as a defensive coordinator it was because of what he did as a player. Mm-hmm. You know, he was top, he top 10 at the time of his retirement. Still, I think he was, I think he was still top, top 10. Five. He was top five in interceptions at the time of his retirement, uh, you know, so he could he could say that to those guys. You know, he would he would bring it up to the defensive backs like, you know, every year at the beginning of training camp or, you know, when they started their film study, he would go around. OK, how many interceptions do you have? And you and you and you and they would count them up because, yeah, I got 62. <laughs> and so, you know, those little things like that, the stories that he could tell. And just the expectations that he had of the players. He never wanted to ask them to do things that he knew that they couldn't do. It was always about, hey, if we finish, if we do these things, we're going to be a good defense. And so I just think he's such a genuine person that the players all wanted to play and play for him and play hard for him because of who he was and who he is. No, I agree with that. I mean, and that, that was something that when I, when I was writing uh, just like the, the, the little write-ups we did on the situation on DKPittsburghSports.com and just him presenting for Troy, you know, I, I was looking up his stats and I'm like, yeah, 62 interceptions. Well, that's still 10th all time in NFL history. He retired in 1972. Like that, that was fi- that's almost 50 years ago now. 
and and he's he's still one of the top two with and with all the passing that's gone on over the past years and you had your you had your ed reeds and you, you had your you know your Deion sanders and all these guys that had plenty more opportunities to intercept passes in in, in their day and age and he's still right up there with the most of them i think that speaks a lot to just how amazing he was back in his time um and and, and again you know like I said, I never got to, to, to walk down the hill with him after a lunch or dinner at the cafeteria at St. Vincent College, but just hearing all the the revered uh, the revered stories and the respect about this man and how he carried himself and just how it kind of built that 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 trust and respect and, and honor among the team. You know, I just I, I remember when Ike Taylor uh, you know, intercepted a pass from Tony Romo against the Cowboys in 2008. And, and the first person he went to was right to Dick LeBeau. And just like, you just see like the, the pure joy there. I think that's, uh, that's another thing that, you know, uh, that a lot of people can gravitate towards when they were, when they were watching the Steelers in that era and say, man, these guys liked playing together. There was, there was something special, uh, like a kinship that was, that was like, Hey, like, you know, we, we want each other to play well. We also want each other to to be well and uh you know I, i've heard story ike taylor's told me about how they used to like do sleepovers and watch monday night football if their next opponent was on there it's it just it just seems like that's 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 something that i don't hear about when i'm covering sports with, with a lot of teams nowadays yeah it's that family atmosphere and every, they all looked at him as their you know grandfather and and he he accepted that role and he and and flourished in that role and because of it the defense flourished Absolutely. And, and then also on top of that, Troy Polamalu himself, just like I've never heard this guy speak in a way that comes came off as as not being humble or not being, you know, too much. And there's times you saw on the field like he'd get really tenacious. And that's just that's just the nature of the game that brings brings you out in football. But they like, you know, you you wrote a great story about Troy Polamalu when he got inducted. And it's a great story that you can still read on DK Pittsburgh Sports dot com. Go look it up. Yeah, but um you know, when you talked to Troy and you covered his whole career, you saw him from start to finish and you and you you you've been there. You're a Hall of Fame voter. So you've seen all of those phases. How how does he always how has he always come off to you just like this, this humble guy when he's one of the best that ever played? Like, I can't imagine if I was ever that good at something, I would talk a lot of trash. Heck, I'm like so so at fantasy football and y'all hear how much trash I talk to Dale Lolly. So like like I can't imagine just how he how he contains himself that way and just goes about his day. Like, yeah, I played this game. It was fun, but now, but that was then I was like, what, how is this guy? That's just who he is. I mean, yeah. and, and much like LeBeau, that's just who LeBeau is. And, and it's not an act. Um, you know, they don't have to, they don't have to tell you how good they, they are. Um, they show you. And so that's, that's the big difference there. I, yeah, it, it, it speaks to me in, in that way, too, is that they, 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 they speak with their actions. And so many times, like, I, I remember watching when they were doing one of those top 100 shows on NFL Network in the late 2000s, and they had Ed and, and Troy on, and Ed Reed was saying, uh, like, oh, I'm the number one safety. And Troy was just like, I'm just happy to be here. And I was just, I was like, I, I was like, almost like, no, it's like, Troy, wait, wait a minute. That, that's all you're going to say here? But that's who he was. He, he never seemed to take advantage. I even heard him talk about how, like, you know, he wanted to try and make, make it so that, you know, that vanity and that, uh, you know, like the, the OB having too much pride didn't seep into his game. That's why he prayed a lot. You know, that kind of stuff. It's just it's like, how, how do you get that all packed into a guy who was the most explosive X factor that I've seen play his position in my time of watching football? Yeah, it should be a lot of fun this summer. Looking forward to uh, seeing those guys in person again when they get inducted, uh, when Troy's inducted into the Hall of Fame.
Absolutely. And we'll be covering that at DKPittsburghSports.com when that does happen. will be great times. And Dale Lolly will, of course, be doing some great write-ups with all the, the history that he can bring and the knowledge that he has just with him walking around every day. Dale, thanks so much, as always, for joining me on the show. It's always a fun to do this with you, buddy. We're going we're, we're gonna, to uh, gonna wrap this show up. Stay tuned on DKPittsburghSports.com. Got a lot of great things coming up for you. The Penguins are still fighting off the island, Islanders. They're up, they're up 2-1 in their, in, their, in their series. So we, you know, we're going to be doing a great job covering that dk is going to have his daily shots firing back up on monday so much great coverage right here at dkpittsburghsports.com and remember you can subscribe to all of our podcasts on apple spotify google Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts are hosted remember to rate us a five star leave us positive comments those things really help out the network got a lot more coming your way stay tuned